0: that and so we made some statements last week. we said that most people want to know God's will. Most people want to discover God's will for their life. And then on top of that we just we saw that God wants you to know his will. In fact God wants you to know his will more than you want to know his will. That's interesting. you know because a lot of times we, we, we feel as if you know it's a mystery that God's hiding it, Uh, You know, it's this guessing game. It's this uh, hide-and-go-seek type mentality of, you know, if God wants to show me his will, if God wants to make his will known to me. But we know this, that God wants us to know his will. He wants us to walk in his perfect plan that he has for our lives. The hard part for us is knowing what is God's will. And so there's questions that we come into all the time in our lives. Is this God's will for my life to take this job? Is this God's will for my life to move here? Is it God's will for me to marry this person? Is it God's will for me to date this kind of person? And we have all these questions about God's will and what God's will is. And I believe that most believers, we truly want to know God's will in every step of the plan. We hear Uh, People say this all the time. I don't want to be outside of God's will, or I don't want to miss out on God's will. That we want to know what God wants us to do, and then on top of that, we want to do what God wants us to do. But last week, we uncovered something that I think is very important in discovering God's will, and that was that God's will is not about knowing something. God's will is about knowing someone. Someone. And in trying to solve God's will, and in trying to find the formula for God's will, to know God's will, we've removed the most important part of the equation, and that's God himself. We have searched so hard to know God's will about our marriage, know God's will about our jobs, know God's will about what schools my kids should go to, how many kids should I have, are we supposed to have kids? We've asked these questions to gain information, but we haven't been asking the questions to truly know the person that knows the plan for our lives. And in doing so, we've removed the most important part of the formula And that is knowing God himself. And so I believe that if we truly pursue to know God, that we'll know his will. If we make a point to know him, then he'll make a point to let us know his will. And that we'll be able to walk through those things in our lives and know, is this God's will for me or not? And so I think that's a very important part of the equation. That's where I wanted to start us off in this series was, Knowing God's will is not about knowing information. It's about knowing a person. It's about intimately knowing who God is. You know, my wife, I know the things that she likes and I know the things that she doesn't like, and that's because I've gotten to know her. That's because I've formed a relationship with her. And through that, now I know her intentions. I know her purposes. I know what her will is in different things. And it's the same thing with God. And we're making a a big deal out of knowing something when we need to know someone. Uh, Today, I want to go into, um, and I want that to be kind of the foundation as we go through the rest of this series of remember. Every time we bring up God's will, every time we're talking about how to know how to do something or what to do or when to do it, we're first trying to discover who he is. But today, I want to talk about how God's will is really in his ways. God's will is really in his ways. And so um, I want to talk to you about that today. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And verse 5, this is a popular verse. Most of us know it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Let me read it again. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He will direct your paths. That is what we're talking about. When we're talking about knowing God's will, we're talking about him directing our paths. We're talking about him directing our lives. And what is his guidance? What is his direction? What is he wanting us to do? When does he want us to do it? How does he want us to do it? Is this the right time? Is this not the right time? Those are the paths that we're talking about. And this verse shows us that if we would trust in him and acknowledge him in our ways, then he will direct us in his will. So again, maybe we've been putting more emphasis on his will and we've been neglecting his ways. Now let me explain to you what God's ways are. Because there's three, there's three ways that God works. First of all, God works uh, by works. And when God has works, uh, that's what we call um, sovereign. God's works are sovereign in the sense that He's God. He doesn't have to take a vote. He doesn't have to ask our opinion on it. When he wanted to create the universe, he created the universe. That was a sovereign act of God. He didn't sit around with the angels and said, all right, where do you think the stars should go? Where do you think that we should put water? You think water looks good here? Should we put the water? Should we put land over here? Uh, you know, how many how many uh, continents should we have? Six, seven, nine? What, who, who, any nines here? No, he didn't take a vote. He didn't ask. He didn't get an organization together or a committee on it. He made a sovereign work. A, a sovereign work that he did was creation. That's something that he'll do on his own. Uh, then we have God's ways. And God's ways are his commands. That is uh, like the Ten Commandments. Identifying God's ways. This is how he wants you to go about life, how he wants you to do something. And then thirdly is his Will. And when we talk about God's will, that's where we get a little more specific. That's where we start talking a little more about our individual life in the great grand scheme of God's purpose and plan. And we talked a little bit about that last week that there's a difference between purpose and assignment. That God had a purpose from the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that He created man in His image. In his likeness, why? To rule and have dominion on the earth. That was God's purpose. If you ever want to know what God's purpose is and what God's will is, big picture, that's it. For man to rule and operate on this earth as he operates in heaven. Heaven or the earth was created to look like heaven. We were created to look like God. And they were supposed to associate and work together just like God and heaven do. But we know that man failed. We know that man uh, came out from under God's authority and, in essence, handed over his rule and dominion over the earth to the devil, who is now the God of the world, God of this world. And that's why we see the dysfunction. That's why we see things happening. We know today that the earth is not in God's will. I heard a story yesterday of a, a, a lady. She was out in her garden, and she was you know, making it look real nice and just putting plants everywhere. And, and someone rode by and said, man, your, your garden looks beautiful. You're doing a great job there. And she said, you should have seen what it looked like when the one who made it was in control. <laughs> we, we can make things look like a certain level, but I wonder what it looked like before Genesis chapter 3. I wonder what it looked like before Satan came in and began to have his reign and have his rule. But we know that Jesus came, died on a cross, and if we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we come back into that authority. We come back into that rulership. That's God's purpose overall. But then we look at where we have the biggest questions in our life, and that's what I call assignments. See, we all have the same purpose. Every single person on the face of this planet was created for the same purpose, to rule and reign on this earth, to have full dominion. Every single person. God is not a respecter of persons. In fact, Jesus had the same purpose that you and I do. Same exact purpose. Now people, you know, get a little bottled up there and say, what, You mean I'm supposed to go to the cross? No, the cross was Jesus' assignment. That was his specific individual plan for his life that God had for him. So we'll all have varying assignments, and that's what we're covering through this series. That's where we want to know, what is my assignment at at my job? Is it time for me to leave my job? Am I supposed to stay at this job? Am I supposed to take another job? They're offering me this much money. They're opening up a job over in this area. And that's where we have the questions in our life concerning our assignments, not our purpose, because we all have the same purpose. That's easy. And once you discover your purpose, it helps you understand God's will for your life in those specific assignments. And so we see here in Proverbs chapter 3, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Well, that's what we want. We want God to just direct our lives. God, tell me. And you know, we read the Bible and we see people that understood and knew God's will so easily. They had angels coming down to them. God would show up himself. Uh, You know, Jesus came to the earth. I mean, it just seems so easy for them. Why does it seem so hard for me to know? Wake me up in the middle of the night. Send me an angel. Uh, You know, uh, shake me. Let, let, Let crazy earthquakes and volcanoes erupt around me and say, this is God speaking. You know, and then there were people that still had to go even further than that. Look at Gideon. Gideon had an angel come to him and say, you are a mighty man of valor. This is what God wants to do with your life. And then he has to go and start putting out fleeces. Are you sure about this? See, we think that if we had that angel come or if we had someone that looked like a messenger of God come to us and tell us this is God's will for your life, we think it'd just be so easy, right? We'd just walk right into it. But even Gideon, who had an angel come to him, you know, we read that story and we're thinking, what more do you need, man? You got you, got you an angel. <laughs> I don't even get an angel. You got an angel. And he's having to put out fleeces and trying to find out, okay, God, is this really what you're wanting to do? So this verse says to trust in him. But the, the part I want to key in, and key in on is acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. And so this kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we talked about obedience. Because the biggest thing that we miss out on sometimes is we're so busy trying to find out God's will that we're not following in his ways. And this says here that if we will actually submit our ways to him, he will submit his will to us. It's the first thing I want you to see. If we'll submit our ways to him and to his word, to live according to his word. Basically, you can put it this way. Do what you know and God will reveal to you what you don't know. Do what you know to do today. And then God will reveal to you his will for tomorrow. But the thing is, is we're so busy looking at tomorrow that we're not operating appropriately today you know that we're looking for a job and we're working a job but we know this this isn't the end road i know there's something more god when's that coming when are you going to give me that job what's the timing how are you going to bring it about but yet we're not acting appropriately on the job that we're at today and he's saying if you would get it together today i'll reveal to you where i'm going to take you tomorrow if you would submit yourself in my ways today Acknowledge me in your ways today. Then I will direct your paths for your future and give you direction. You know, we tell, I, I tell single people all the time, you know, uh, w- you know when's God going to bring the right one? When, when's God, you know, who, who's the right girl? Who's the right guy? I want to I wanna marry this type of person. Yet we're not asking ourselves, are we the type of person they want to marry? Acknowledge your ways. Make sure that you're developing yourself to be the type of person they need to marry before you start thinking that's the person I want to marry. Because just because they might be the one, you might not be the one. You might be going after something, but you haven't gotten yourself to the level that they need in their lives. And so we have to acknowledge him in all of our ways, and he'll direct our paths. Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. It says, I delight to do your will, and your law is in my heart. Here's the thing. You will find out that God's will is actually in his ways. If we would get his law within our heart, we would discover his will. See, I'm trying to take the guessing game. I'm trying to take all the guesswork out of trying to discover God's will. And I believe that if we would live our lives to just say, you know what? I'm going to follow God's ways and obey his word in where I'm at today. I believe that his will would be more easily discovered in our lives. I believe that. I believe that if we would honor God and honor his ways in whatever we're doing today, that his will would become clear to us. Look at this in the uh, New Living Translation. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. God has given commands. God has given instructions. Well, That's kind of like a three-letter word that we don't like to say a lot in the church today because we've been redeemed from the law. But that verse actually doesn't even say that. Galatians chapter 3 says, Uh, We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. But the law has blessings associated with it. And if we would honor God in his law, in his word, in his commands, in his instructions, where we're at today, I believe his will would become known to us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to, to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Most believers have that backwards. If I just knew God's will, I could be successful. And he's saying, if you would just obey my ways, you would be successful. We said a couple weeks ago that the most ultimate success you can ever have in life is just being obedient to god's word see my success in life is not measured on how the world measures success in this day and age there's there's uh churches that are just blowing up like crazy and they've got tens of thousands of people and multiple services and multiple campuses going over the place but i don't measure my success based upon that well i guess i wasn't as good of a pastor as them because i You know, I don't don't have a big building like them, and we don't have a lot of money in the bank, and, and we don't have that many people. That would be going by the world standards. The only way I measure success in my life is my obedience to his word. Because that's the only way God measures success. Am I obedient? Am I living according to his ways? We can't get caught up with just trying to discover his will and we put his ways to the side. I believe that if we would walk in his ways in what we do know, he will submit to us his will in what we don't know. Because again, God wants you to know his will. What is the greatest way to learn his law? What is the greatest way to learn his instruction? Know him takes us right back to last week. If you want to know God's instruction, if you want to know what God's word says about something, get to know him. Get to know who he is. Because see, here's the thing. When you get to know him, you get to know what he likes, and you get to know what he doesn't like. You get to know what honors him, and you get to know what doesn't honor him. You get to know what makes him happy and what pleases him, and you get to know what doesn't make His happy make him happy and what doesn't please him first of all it's all outlined in his word he's not trying to hide it from you how can i make god happy how can i just serve him and 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 just make him happy and please with my life he tells you he says it's impossible for a man to please god without faith so first of all we're supposed to be faith people we're supposed to be living by faith daily Our lives should not just be governed by what we see and by what we know, but we should be living a part of our lives based upon what we don't know and just placing full trust and reliance on God and his word to see it work in our lives. So we want to know God's will, but what we're identifying this morning is that God's ways are actually more important than his will. Because... Here's the bad part, that we could actually be in God's will, but not following his way in it. And you're unsuccessful. You could actually be in a position that is God's will, but not doing it the way he has told you to do it. And you won't be successful. You won't be successful in that assignment. And so we've got to know his ways. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We're talking about knowing and understanding God's will. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, says this: And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Heartily means with passion, with fervor. He says, Whatever you do, this is how you need to do it. Sometimes I don't think God is as caught up in what we do as he is more caught up in how we do it. I believe God places more emphasis on how we do something than what we do. Whatever you do. That word says whatever, whatever you do, whatever school you go to, go to that school as unto the Lord. Whatever job you take, work that job as unto the Lord, who whatever person you marry, be the husband or the wife as unto the Lord. However many children you have, if you have one or if you have five, be a parent as unto the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Whatever girl you date, whatever guy you marry, operate as unto the Lord, whatever. I think God is more concerned on how we do something than what we do. And we've been so focused on the what and the when and the why that we have lost the how. Because what does it matter if you walk into a job that God gives you and God blesses you with, and it's his will for you to work that job, if that job becomes more important than church and more important than spending time with your family and more important than being a husband or a wife or a parent, than your role at your local church. What, what, what does it matter if that job keeps you from spending time with him personally? What does it matter if you treat people disrespectfully? And you try to climb on people and cut down other people in the job. See, we have gotten caught up with this is God's will for my life. This is the job that he has for me. But then we do it how we want to do it. See, if you were doing your will, then you could do it how you want to do it. But we're discovering God's will for our life. Which means if we're going to discover God's will, then we need to discover how God wants wants us to do his will. So that means we no longer live according to our standard. That doesn't mean we get into something that's God's will, but then do it our way. No, we get into God's will and we do it his way. And his ways, if we would acknowledge him, he would make our paths straight. And so whatever we do, how are we supposed to do it? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Meaning if you could put Jesus's name on that, And say that's the kind of work that Jesus would do. I was listening to someone yesterday that said that every job he left, his bosses and employers begged him to stay. If it was time for him to transition from one job to the next. Because he would always do things that were never asked of them to do. He'd show up early. He would stay late. He would do tasks and assignments that needed to be done without being asked to do it. He would just stay busy and was always working for the best of the team and the best of the company and every single time that it came time for him to leave and go to a different job, they begged him to stay. Why? Because whatever he did, if it was sweeping floors, if it was talking to a customer, if it was gaining a new client, if it was talking to his boss or leading his employees, whatever, he was doing it in the name Of the Lord Jesus. Did I put that one up there in the New Living? I don't know if I did. I don't remember if I did. We'll keep going. Matthew chapter 15. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Jesus ran into a group of people that thought they were so concerned with God's will. But Jesus identified, you're not in God's will. Because you haven't followed his ways. And in Matthew chapter 15 verse 1. He addresses them. The scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem. Came to Jesus saying. Why do your disciples transgress. The tradition of the elders. For they do not wash their hands. When they eat bread. They're talking about a a simple. Little command of. Before you eat. Wash your hands. This was a tradition of the elders. This was a. Uh, what they thought was a godly command. But watch this in verse 3. Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Now we know this, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, these elders and these leaders, they were the leaders of the local church at the time. This is what the the closest thing you would have to church, because the church didn't even come into existence until after Jesus left the earth. But if you're talking in today's day and age, we're talking about church people. And they think they're following God. They think they're in God's will. They think they're obeying God. And they're out on the street corners in their fine clothes and praying as loud as possible. And, and, uh, uh, you know, they're they're giving to the poor. They're giving to the sick. They're uh, helping people in need. They're in the synagogues teaching and reading out of the law. But yet God addresses something here. This is what we discovered when we were talking about obedience a couple weeks ago. That any form of obedience without the right heart has has no value to God. A sacrifice, a, a sacrificial obedience on the outside without having the correct heart means nothing to God. I don't care how much you give to the church. I don't care how hard you work in the church. I don't care how many people you tell about Jesus. If you don't have the right heart, because God doesn't look on the outside. He looks at our heart. If we don't have the right attitude and the right heart about it, it means nothing to him. And so Jesus tells them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? He's saying, you think you're in God's will but you're actually not even following his ways. You think the actions and the things that you're doing are more important than how you do it. And so he's telling them, what you're doing is not important, is not as important as how you are doing it. We have got to be people, if we're going to discover God's will for our lives, we have to be a people that will settle in our heart. It's not about what I do. It's about how I do it. It's not about what school I go to. It's about how I operate when I get on that campus. It's not about what job I take. It's about how I operate when I get at that job and how I make influence for the kingdom of God. It's not what person I marry. It's how I operate as a, as a spouse. It's not how many kids I have. It's how I treat them and how I raise them in God's word. We've got to be a people that place more emphasis on the how than the what. John chapter 7, verse 17. John chapter 7, verse 17. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it was from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Jesus says, if you will to do God's will, you'll know it based upon how I do it. Jesus is identifying that if you want to know God's will and if you want to know what God's assignment and God's plan for your life is specifically, it'll be identified in how you do it. I'm not here to say, and in fact, I said it last week, that there is no formula to knowing God's will. Why? If there was a formula to knowing God's will, you wouldn't need God anymore. How many of you know 2 plus 2? Just a few of you, okay. I hope in this room we all know 2 plus 2, and not because you have to keep going back to a teacher to say, hey, is 2 plus 2 4? No, there was a point in time where you learned what 2 plus 2 was, you learned that it equals 4, and you can do that on your own. But see, there's no formula, there's no solving equation to knowing God's will. I can't say if you pray for this many days and you fast for this amount of time and you uh, go without eating this type of food, and if you pray this kind of prayer and read these verses, then you'll know God's will. Because guess what? You're going to take the formula and you're never going to go back to him. So the key to solving God's will is first knowing him and two, knowing his ways. If we would get those two things down, I believe we would have less guesswork in what am I supposed to do. Now, I don't want to make it sound like God doesn't care about your life, because he does. We're talking about a God that knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. We're talking about a God that has beautifully clothed the world that we live in, yet places more priority and importance on our lives. That's who God is. So he cares. But the things that I think he cares about are not the things we care about. We all know the verse, his ways are higher than our ways. And so we use that verse to justify, well, I'm just not gonna know God's will. I'm not gonna know how he does something. Has anyone ever thought to ask How can I know God's ways? If they're higher than mine, then how can I get mine to line up with His? Nobody asks that because we want justification to live how we want. Well, you know, His ways are higher than my ways, so, you know, I'm just not going to be able to know everything and do everything that He does. You'll never know everything that God knows. But I believe that you can know everything He wants you to know. I believe that he wants us to know his will. He wants every step of our life to fall in line with the plan that he already has. He already has steps for us. He has already ordained a path. He has already set our life. He knows exactly where we'll go and what we'll do. So how do we get that to line up with his? And so I believe that if we would place a higher priority, more importance on knowing his ways in how we do something that he will reveal to us his will. In fact, I believe this, that God's ways will lead us into his will. I believe the first step to knowing God's will is to obey him where I'm at today. I may not know what he wants me to do in 2014. I may not know what job he wants me to take in five years. I may not know how many kids he wants me to have, but I know this. I'm going to raise my son the way he's told me to raise him. I don't know uh, uh, what our marriage holds in the next 10 years, but I know this. I'm going to acknowledge him in my marriage. I don't know where I'm going to be or what I'm going to do, but I know this. I'm going to align myself with his word where I'm at today. and he says that he'll direct my paths. He says that I can trust in him. I can place full confidence, full reliance on him, knowing that he's got my line planned out, my life planned out perfectly. And that I can fall in line with that. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you that you're identifying to us your will, your ways, Father, we just want to walk in your purpose. We want to walk in the things that you have for us. We know you have great things for us. We know you have a great life in store for us. We know that you have a plan and a purpose. You said, for I have a a great plan for you, a plan to prosper you, a plan with a future and a hope. Father, we know this. But we want to know that plan. We want to know your will. We want to know your ways. And we want to discover what your will is. But Father, today, we want to discover even more so your ways in how we do something, not just what we do, not just when we do it, but how we do it. Father, this morning, we take the opportunity to identify even within our own lives, how have we been operating in the positions and the assignments you have already given us the things that you have already called us to do. We have uh, mothers in here, we have fathers, we have uh, 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 children, wives, husbands, employees, employers. Father, you have called us to many different spheres of influence. And Father, we want to acknowledge you in all of our ways, not some of our ways, not a few of our ways, all of your ways father i thank you that as we go forth from here today that in discovering your will in knowing your will and in wanting to know your will we will place an emphasis on knowing your ways being obedience to your word doing it unto the lord whatever we do and we know that you have a great plan for our life we know we know that you want the best for us and you have the best for us, I think you will walk in that because we place a priority on your ways. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.